freedom 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 over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome this is unsolicited perspectives i am your host bruce anthony thank you for listening wherever you get your podcasts share subscribe rate and review us you can find us on our Instagram page at unsolicited underscore perspectives. On that page, you will find our LinkedIn tree that will direct you to all the platforms our podcasts are offered. You will also find our social media accounts, including our TikTok page, as well as our donation and Patreon pages. Our audience is continuing to grow with each and every episode, and I humbly thank you. On today's episode, I'm talking pranks that go too damn far, America is becoming more and more desensitized, and another crazy story with Bruce. But first things first. Getting older is a trip, y'all. I mean, I'm sitting up here and and I would say I'm at the halfway point of my life, or at least like I... I want to be at the halfway point of my life. What I mean by that is if I make it to 85, like that's a good run. That's about as far as I'm willing to take it, because at that point, I'm going to assume that my quality of life isn't going to be what I want it to be. In other words, like the moment I can't cook for myself, drive for myself, do things for myself, and I have to depend on others. More importantly, my bowels. Right. Like if I start to not be able to control my bowels, like it's it's the end. You know, I firmly believe I firmly believe that uh, we should be able to do assisted suicide. We do it for animals when animals are going through a tough time and they're not going to get any better. The humane thing to do is to, you know, put them out of their misery. And it seems like, why would we treat animals better than human beings? I mean, you have some human beings that are on respirators for years, like no quality of life, just suffering. Me, personally, take pull the plug. Everybody in my family knows, pull the plug. I've told them, hey, look, I got to get something amputated, pull the plug. Like, I'm not, so I'm kind of vain. And I would like to have all my limbs, all my eyeballs, all my fingers, all my toes. You know, if I got diabetes or something like that, and they're like, we got to cut off your legs so you can live. Look, I've said it before. Odds are, if I was a betting man, I'm not going to have kids, right? So what would I, I mean, I have my immediate family, of course, but if I'm not living to help take care of a family, go ahead and Pull the plug on me. Like, I I would rather go than to be without a limb. And I know that sounds ridiculous to a lot of people out there. And, and it is ridiculous. But I, that's that's the way I feel, as crazy as it sounds. Uh, once again, if I had a family, if I had kids, you know, people to take care of, obviously, my mindset would change. But I'm used to a certain quality of life right now, and I kind of enjoy it. I kind of like moving around. Not to say that there's anything wrong with people who are missing limbs or handicapped or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I, I, it's my personal preference. I don't want to live like that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I don't want to live like that. But 
the reason why I bring all this up is because getting older puts all this stuff in perspective for you. I mean, there's pros and cons to getting older, right? A con. Your body begins to fail, right? The other day, I'm doing, the other day, yesterday, I'm doing laundry. And as I'm transferring clothes from the dryer to put them on my bed to fold them, because for once in my life, I'm actually going to fold the clothes that I washed that day. Because typically, I'm living in and out of my dryer and the the hamp, hamp, uh, what's that thing called? You put the hamper, hamper, uh, living in and out of my dryer and my hamper, like and out and out. I'm not folding clothes, but I was on a kick yesterday. Like I was cleaning up the house, you know, doing all my meal prep, cooking all my meals for the week. I'm like, I got time. Let me go ahead, pour myself a little bit of drink, listen to my sexy mix on my Apple uh, music and, and go ahead and fold these clothes. Now, as I'm transferring the clothes from the dryer to my bed, a couple of articles of clothing fall on the ground. Key question is, do I throw this back in the dirty clothes because it fell on the ground? Typically, I would, but I literally just vacuumed and, and cleaned my room. So you know, five second rules for clothes. Does that count? We're going we're gonna to make that count for this one. So an article of clothing falls on the ground. I can't even remember what the article of clothing was, but I've been down to pick it up. And I know from weight training, a lot of people don't know this about me. I'm a personal trainer and run the day-to-day operations of a fitness company as well as own my own consultant company and, and start this podcast. Uh, but I'm a personal trainer. So I know just like you do a deadlift, push your hips back, power through through your legs, but don't just bend over and put so much strain in your lower back. It becomes increasingly important not to do that the older you get. So I squat down there, pick it up. My knee gives out for no reason, like just buckles on me. And I'm like, what the hell? Like I did legs twice because I do legs twice a week. I have strong legs. I mean, I can leg press. I think I I was repping on almost 700 pounds. Leg press, not squats. Squats is a different story. Like I can do like 300 on squats, machine squats. Not the bar, not the bar on my back, but machine squats. But I have I'm pretty strong in the legs. Knees just gave out on me. That's a con from getting older, right? Like your body just fell as you. Sometimes, you know, when I wake up in the morning, and yeah, you know, I had me a little taste or two the night before. You know, I had me a little sip of something the night before. But it's, it's never so much where I'm hungover the next day. I'm never hungover, right? Unless I go with my cousin, then I'm always hungover. I'm hungover for the entire next day and sometimes the day after that. But, you know, I'm never hungover. But, you know, I had, you know, a little taste the night before. I wake up in the morning and I walk my dog and it literally takes me 30, 40 minutes for my eyes to like clear up and adjust and it's like, yo, why is everything still kind of blurry? Like, why haven't my eyes adjusted? It's just little stuff like that getting older. Your body says, you ain't as young as you used to be. Your mind starts to slip as a, little, a little bit as well. Not as in, you're not as intelligent as you were. I don't think I'm at that. I'm probably at the mental peak, but I'm not at that point where it's starting to go down. Uh, I still consider myself relatively above average intelligence. Uh, my brother and sister definitely smarter than I am, but I, I figure I have above average intelligence because I talk to people all day long, every day. It's a lot of dumbass people out there in the world. So I know where I am as far as that percentile in, in intelligence, but like my mind isn't slipping except that I'm forgetful now. Like I, 
It was one thing like back in the day when I used to smoke a lot of weed to walk into a room and literally forget what I came into that room for. Nowadays, it's it's constant. And don't get me started on the fact that myself, I don't have a wallet. I have one of those pockets on my cell phone because I was consistently forgetting to bring my wallet wherever I went. And granted, I'm not getting carded like that anymore because everybody knows you can look at me and tell that I'm older than 21. But still, it's like you need to have your wallet. Um, and I would forget it all the time. Like, I forget my keys. Like, one, y'all, one time I wear tights when I work out. I wear tights underneath my shorts. Another sign of me getting older, like I got to keep everything warm. So I wear tights underneath my shorts. I specifically wear shorts so... My dick print doesn't show. There, I said it. I'm not trying to show everybody. Well, I don't mind showing everybody. But, you know, you, you're in the public setting. And, you know, there's some people that just don't care. But you're in the public setting. You know, I do wear gray sweatpants so you can't see whatever, whatever. But, you know, let's move on. But, y'all, I, I walked out of the apartment on my way to the gym, got on the elevator and realized because it was quite drafty that I forgot to put on my shorts. Had my tights on, had my shoes, had my bag and my water, was ready to go. Forgot my shorts. Like these are just things that happen when you get older. Some of the benefits of getting older? Well, I got more money, kind of, because it seems like, I don't know if this is a positive or a con. It seems like the older you get, the more bills you acquire. I don't know how this is possible. Like I had so much disposable income when I was 25 and I'm not talking about I was living at home with my parents. I was out on my own and it just seemed like I had so much disposable income because the things I think I had car insurance, rent, cell phone bill, student loan payments. Now it's all different. And I think I, I, I did have health insurance. I have all these other things now that it's just like you know, life insurance and other insurances for different things and retirement. And they're like, Yo, it seems like the more money I make, the more money gets taken. But I, but I am making that money and I can travel a lot more than I did when I was younger. Um, so that's cool. So there, there are pros and cons to getting older. One of the major pros of getting older is that don't give an F attitude. Like I'm literally good in my own skin now. I'm My sister says I'm still evolving as a person and she can see it. Uh, and I... I I'm thankful for that, right? Uh, being experienced, experiencing new things, talking to different people from different walks of life gives me a perspective to, to constantly grow. And I think if you're not constantly growing, what the hell are you doing? So the evolution of me is still rapidly improving. At the same time, at the same time, I got an attitude like, I don't really care what anybody thinks because this is who I am. Like, I am set in my ways. There's some type of wiggle room, but I've learned like when I get into relationships and I'm completely like agreeable on a lot of things, right? Like for the most part, I don't really care about like I can do anything. I'm I'm really indifferent to stuff. I don't get too high, too low about anything. If, if somebody really wants to do something, unless I'm adamantly against it, I'm going to just go ahead and rock with the flow. But I got a certain standard of the way I live my life 
that is never going to change. I have to have a day to decompress. And I'm not talking about an hour or two. I need to have an entire day to decompress. I call it Bruce's Sunday fun day. And literally everybody that knows me knows about my Sunday fun day. I have my champagne. I watch what used to be my superhero shows, but the CW didn't cancel just about all of them except for Superman and Lois. Uh, if it's not my superhero shows, it's Law and Order SVU or, or some other show that I'm into, either Power or Snowfall or some crime show. I'm actually getting into Tulsa King with Sly Stallone. It's actually a decent show. Uh, or maybe I just like mob shows. But I need to have my Sunday fun day. I got to have my time where I just chill out, unwind, get my stuff done, clean up the house. The, the house has to be clean. I need, I cannot have clutter in my house. It just messes up my entire aura. And, and, and I, like, like I need that. So I got to have my Sunday fun day. And that Sunday fun day can sometimes include somebody. But most of the time, if you're going to annoy me, you need to get the hell out of my way. Cause that's my time to bring myself down to get prepared for the week. And, you know, that kind of just comes with age. Like, I know who I am. I'm not going to apologize for who I am. This is who I am. And I'm happy with who I am. You know what? That's another thing about getting older. You become comfortable in your own skin. You become comfortable with who you are. Because you're no longer putting up fronts for the most part, right? Like, hopefully you get to that point where you're no longer putting up fronts don't really care about what other people think or what other people are saying. Hopefully, if you're secure in your own skin, like you really don't care. Like, I really don't care. People, ju- one of my friends the other day made a comment and was like, oh, are you getting mad? And I was like, no, actually, I'm pretty chill. Like, I'm not getting mad. Actually, you making me mad by saying I'm getting mad because I'm not mad. But uh yeah, no, I... I really don't care. You could joke on me. Half the time, I want people to joke on me. If you got something funny about me, say it. My feelings are not going to get hurt because I'm just comfortable with who I am. Uh, so, yeah, that's like one of the good things about getting older. Um, you know, you got your cons. I'm forgetful now. I got body aches. My right arm hurts for no reason. I don't know what I did to it, but it just hurts. It just hurts. Some body parts will just hurt now. The other day, I was in the gym doing leg day and my lower back just flared up. And I said, "Uh uh-uh, not today, Lord. Today, I got to give it a rest. Went upstairs, did a little bit of cardio, came back home and was like, that sucked. I wish I could have got my full workout in, but I know when my body is telling me you need to chill out. So, yeah, no, getting older is different, right? You know, body, mentally, things start to fade. You're not at that point now where you can't take care of yourself. And then, like I said... When you get to that point, it's time to go. <laughs> like, I mean, I know, I know people are going to be like, no, but Bruce, why do you think like that? No, me, my grandpa. Look, let me tell you something. Me, my grandpa are ready to go. You just don't want to let them go. You just don't want to let them go. That's all it is. You're holding on to them, keeping them on the respirators, having them live because you're scared to let them go. That is what it is. And don't get me wrong, like nobody wants to lose a loved one, but you also don't want to see them suffer. And me personally, when I can no longer take care of myself, that's me suffering. But for right now, at my age, feeling good, feeling good, looking good. Got a little bit of money in my pocket. Podcast is is blowing up. 
Got a good career? I can't complain. Life is A-OK. But another aspect of getting older is not playing with no foolishness. That's that don't give a F attitude. Uh, I ain't, Look, I ain't for no pranks or nothing like that. You can joke on me, but pranks is a different ball game, right? Because depending on how, how the pranks roll out. So there's this video that's going off through TikTok or I saw it on Twitter, but it's a TikTok and it's the flying elevator pr- prank. I don't know where this is, but if you Google flying elevator prank, you'll see it. And what happens is, is these people get on an elevator and what they think are windows to the outside is, is actually like a screen or whatever. Um, and they push the elevator buttons to go wherever they need to go, whatever floor they need to go on. And the elevator starts going up. Then you, then there's a little crash. There's a little shaking. And in the, what you look out outside of the window it's a screen, but they think it's outside are sparks. And then the screen starts flying, pretending like you're flying up floors. And then all of a sudden there, it goes crashing through like this wall, like you crash through the, the roof of the building and that you're just skyrocketing in the air. And there are people screaming and yelling and crying. And I'm like, this is not a cool prank. I mean, from the outside looking in, it's funny looking at people's reaction, but I had to put myself in that scenario. I had to put myself on that elevator. After I find out that it's a prank, after I get off that elevator, everybody is catching a fade. Every I don't care. It look, the sound people, the 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 video people, whoever is playing the host in the background, whoever came up with the idea. I'm going down the line and everybody is catching a fade because I think I'm literally getting ready to die. That's not a prank. A prank is I'm about to die. That's not funny. That's not funny. And everybody's laughing at kiki and stuff. Yeah, it'd be a kiki as I'm whooping that ass. Like, that's not funny. Like, a nice prank is, you know, you walk through the door. Like, I saw something on TikTok where a lady was walking through a door frame and she thought the door was open and the door was open, but there was saran wrap right there. And like she walked right into it face first and saran wrap had all her makeup and everything. That's funny because it's no harm, no foul, except when, <laughs> when her eyelashes got stuck all in the all in the uh, plastic wrap. Now, that was kind of funny. But, you know, that's no harm, no foul. Most people can laugh about that. Thinking I'm getting ready to die. That's not funny. That's not funny at all. I don't like America's funniest home videos were kind of funny back in the day, except the dad always would get hit in the nuts with the baseball bat or a ball or something like that. I don't know why people think getting hit in the nuts is funny. It's not funny. If you had nuts and you got hit in them, you would understand this. One of the most excruciating. Look, I haven't had a lot of things happen to me that are painful in my life. I've had a few. More than more than a little bit. Some things that other people would consider quite painful. I'm not going to get into particulars. But the worst pain that I ever felt was getting hit in the nuts. It wasn't even a kick. It was like a light touch. Somebody was playing and smacked me in the nuts. I fell down in pain. It went all the way up to my stomach. I got queasy. I had a headache. I felt faint. It's not funny. That's not funny. And almost dying is not funny either. 
everybody would have caught that. After I wiped my tears and wiped my ass, because I probably would have shitted on myself. I mean, come on now. You you in an elevator and it just takes off into the air and takes flight. You ain't going to shit on yourself. You a tougher person than me. Because I would have shit all over that elevator. It would have been all over the place. They wouldn't have ran no more pranks, uh, pranks after that because they would have been too busy cleaning up the elevator from all the shit because I was scared shitless. Because that's what happened. Because I'm about to die. And I know I was talking about, hey, when I get older. I ain't old yet. I don't want to die right now. And it's all for laughing games. Everybody's catching a fade. Everybody is catching a fade. If your mama and your daddy was laughing at the prank, they catching a fade. I'm giving ass whoopings out to everybody. Anybody that chuckled, smirked, anything like that, catching fades. People going too far with this type of stuff. And I'm too old to be played with. America is becoming more and more desensitized to a lot of things in life. We're becoming desensitized to violence. We've become desensitized to other people's plights, a lack of empathy. (laughs) We've become desensitized in relationships with people. Technology has a lot to do with that. I I think has everything to do with that. Technology is a beautiful thing, but it can also be a deadly thing. We are more loners now than ever before. Well, loner is kind of a stretch. I remember talking to my sister uh, about about this. And yeah, a certain generation, younger millennials and, and Gen Z are don't have the social don't have what we would consider older millennials and Gen Xers and boomers, what we would consider strong social skills. But that's grading on our curve. That doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have good social skills. They communicate just differently than we do. It's not good or bad. It's just different. I'm not talking about them when I'm talking about the America is becoming desensitized, but a little bit, a little bit about them. But it it started with um, younger boomers, the rise of technology, the ability to take pictures with, of a, of ourselves with our own cell phone. We are in our cell phones. Why wouldn't we be? The cell phone is. More powerful than the computers that they use to send them, send uh, those boys to the to the moon. We hold that in the palm of our hands, and we definitely use it. And we've become self absorbed, so much so to the point where we just don't. We're we're our minds, our attention spans are obviously shorter. Things that should hold our attention. More because of the gravity of the situation. They just don't because we get news and information so quickly. It's here one day, gone the next. Violence in this country is crazy. Now, they'll talk about crime and we've always had crime in this country. We will always have crime in this country because we have oligarchs in this country. 
it's not just the Russians. We have oligarchs in this country, the people that hold all the wealth. There's a reason why we have a top heavy and a bottom heavy economic base, right? Like there's only a few that hold the majority of the money in this country. The richest of the rich hold all the money. And there are so many just dirt poor people. And when you're poor and you got no hope, you're going to do whatever you need to do for whatever reason. You might need to feed your kids. You might need to feed your mama. You might need to get somebody insulin, a loved one insulin, or money for dialysis. Right? You do whatever you got to do for your loved ones. Anybody is capable of anything given the right circumstances. That's the motto I live by in my entire life. So I try not to be surprised by people's actions because anybody is capable of anything given the right circumstances. But not having empathy for another person's plight. To look at the mass shootings. And good God, it feels like there's one every week. And and I'm not talking about people like, what about Chicago? Yo, let me tell you something about those people that live in those neighborhoods in Chicago. There's a lot of community activists in those communities that are trying to stop that violence. There's a sense of hopelessness. You love those Mad Max movies. You love dystopia. Go to those neighborhoods. What jobs are anywhere around? I live in Washington, D.C. If they haven't gentrified the neighborhood, there are no jobs anywhere around. People got to hop on a bus or hop on a metro, hop on a bus and hop on a metro to get to a job, which all costs money. So you're paying to get to the job to make money. And you're living check to check if you're lucky. Sense of hopelessness leads you to do a lot of different things and to not have empathy for that person. You can't have understanding if you're not going through it. I'm not talking about understanding. I'm not talking about empathy. I can't really have a lot of empathy for these mass shooters because whatever you're going through, you shouldn't take it out on other people. Right? Like we've all gone through tough times and we might snap at people because we're going through tough times, but not snap and go kill a bunch of people. And some of this stuff is targeted. A lot of it is hate, right? Whether it's uh, hating of gay people or hating of black people or hating of Jewish people, you know, a lot of it has to do with hate. But it's becoming so common that we're not taking a break to look at what the hell is going on. We've become desensitized. It was only during the pandemic where we had to slow down and in some instances completely stop that we were able to look at George Floyd and be like, what the hell is going on here? But that George Floyd situation was not uncommon. A few years prior, there was an Eric Gardner situation. Man choked out in New York. Same, similar situation. He was selling loose cigarettes. Killed by the police. Nobody gave a damn about that. I had some people that I'm acquaintances with. They literally said all lives matter. Created extreme distaste in my mouth for them at that particular moment. It did. Years later, after the Eric Gardner situation, their eyes were opened. It's because we had to slow down and we had to look. 
whatever that impact was is is starting to fade because now people don't care. People don't care what's going on. We've got anti-Semitism. We got racism. We've got gender hate, sexuality hate. And it's all like we're desensitized to this actual hate, to the actual violence. And I guess you would be if you see it all the time. Right? Like, if you see it all the time, you'd be like, another day. Not unlike person that's living in a poor area that sees violence every day. Like, how could you live through this? I see it every day. I'm used to it. We become desensitized because we see it every day. We're used to it. We're used to the mass shootings. We're used to the hate. We look past it. January 6th should be a bigger thing. It should be a bigger thing. And it's not. That's upsetting. It's upsetting to me that it isn't a bigger deal than what it was. It was literally people trying to stop the government. And we brush it aside. Well, some do. Half of us do. That's a problem. Half of us don't want to look at it. Half of us don't want to acknowledge it. But are quick to say the riots, the BLM riots, <laughs> I mean the protests, look at the statistics. And the majority of the violence was started by outside agitators or the police. Wasn't started by the protesters. And make no mistake about it, it was a protest, not a riot. January 6th was a riot. But we see that stuff. We had just gone through, if you watch Fox News, or if you were on Twitter or Facebook, images of supposedly the world burning to lead into January 6th, it doesn't, look, it doesn't seem that bad to some people. To some people, it doesn't seem that bad. Because used to it, you've seen all these images consistently over and over again. And it's just not images of violence, Right? Porn. There's been a huge rise of sexual assault. And some would say numbers are being like people are reporting more sexual assault. And that is absolutely the case. Right. I worked a hotline in college and I could only do it. A friend of mine convinced me to do it and I could only do it for a week. Because. For a short period of time, I worked for the school newspaper and every now and then they would talk about a sexual assault maybe once a semester, which is entirely too high for me, but maybe once a semester. And I I ran or spoke in this hotline that people would call when they're in distress and realize the assaults were way, way, way higher than I could have ever imagined. And this was in early 2000s. It's worse now. And I'm not a person that's so righteous to say porn is bad. Porn is not bad. Porn is not bad. But me coming up, my version of porn was USA up all night. Right? See some blurry boobs. Maybe see a girl in the thong. That was porn to me. Maybe I was still a playboy from one of my neighbors. You know what I'm saying? One of my neighbors was a doctor. 
You know, he had he had a little Playboy subscription. If I saw it in the mail, I was swiping it. I know that's a federal offense now that I say that out loud. But, you know, I was a kid. You know, I was a juvenile. They can, statute of limitations is over. They can't get me for that. Right. That's I'm clear on that one. But, you know, I was looking at pictures. I didn't see my first porn video until I was like 14, 15, maybe. I mean, like X rated video, 14, 15, maybe. And, and my mom's listening. Sorry, mom. By that point out of her head, like sexual experiences to varying degrees. We don't need to get specifics. Once again, my mom's listening. Right. So there was like, I wasn't new to this. I, I knew what was real life and I knew what was not real life. But with the easy access to our phones and kids younger and younger having cell phones and just technology, computer and things of that nature, you could put all the parent controls that you want. Your kids are still going to find that dirt. Still going to find that dirt. And they're finding it at such a young age. That has to corrupt the mind because you don't know that what you're looking at, it's not real. I've been on a porn set before. I haven't done porn. I would never do porn. Nah, I'm not saying I would never do porn. I don't judge anybody for doing porn. Hey, if the number is right, porn companies out there, if the number is right, I'll do some porn. But uh, like I've been on a porn set before and <laughs> I was a grown man. And I was like, wait a minute, this is this is what it's like. Like, first of all, first of all, uh, I don't know how these performers perform because they do a lot of stopping and stop, stopping, starting and stopping and different takes and different angles and, and different, like it is not what is portrayed when you watch it. And that would make sense because it's a movie, right? They don't film a, a movie. They don't film a scene all in one shot. Sometimes they do, but that's very rare. Porn is the same way. And so it was kind of like, oh, this is porn. That kind of makes sense. I knew like when I was watching, I was like, man, come on now. Like, that's not real. I don't know how she's doing that. I don't know how he's doing that. Like, it's not real. But once again, you know, I was like in college when I was regularly seeing porn. Because that's when like LimeWire, because I was out, you know, you can get that porn. You just had to be careful what you download. You never knew what you was going to get when you click that, when you click that little thumbnail after the download. You just never knew what you was going to get. But kids can access it now. Kids can access it now. And once again, I'm not shooting down porn. But at a certain age, you shouldn't be able to see certain images because that will desensitize you. Right. Too much porn for anybody of any age. Is bad. Right? It can desensitize grown men to fantasize and want something that isn't real. But see, we're adults. That makes sense. We can discern what's real and what's not real. Kids can't. Their minds aren't fully developed yet. They don't know that what they see, the images that they see, the actions that they see on that screen isn't real life. And they might try to portray that what they see on the screen because they think it's real life. And that's that distortion, that desensitization of what's real and what's not real. And the reason why porn is dangerous for kids. 
I keep my porn intake on the low, low because I want to make sure that I wake up with my TP in the morning. If, if y'all don't understand what a TP is, you know, like when you wrote, when I'm laying on my back, you know, I look up in the covers and TP means I have an erection. That's also a sign that I know that, you know, I'm still good as far as my age is concerned, you know, waking up with my TP in the morning. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you watch too much porn, then intimacy with your partner it's not necessarily good or compatible or satisfying because you've been desensitized. And this all goes back to technology is great if used correctly. And America becoming desensitized in all aspects is something that we really need to pay more and more attention to as technology continues to progress as we start to hand over things more and more to AI and we start to, when's the last, what's, what's the phone number that you can remember? That's not your own. Back in the day, we had everybody's phone number memorized. Try to memorize a number, try to memorize somebody's close to you, their number right now. Memorize it. Don't dial it. Don't use it for two weeks and then see if you still remember it. Odds are you won't. We're getting mentally lazier. We're getting emotionally lazier. We're getting physically lazier. Technology is supposed to help us, not devolve us. Well, it's that time again. Another crazy story with Bruce. And this one, like when I tell you guys these crazy stories with Bruce, there is no exaggeration. These stories are exactly how I tell them. That's how it went down. You know how some people are storytellers and they'll embellish. There is absolutely no embellishment on these stories because I really don't need to. They're that crazy. So this one is a kind of different one. I told the story about the lady that... You know, told me about her ex-husband and I told the story about, you know, me getting punched. This one is is like, it's different, but it's still crazy as hell what happened to me. So I'm in college. I'm back home for the summer, you know, summer break. And the first thing I got to do is move my brother out of my old room. My brother decided that when I went to college that he was going to take over my old bedroom. And I was like, nah, bro, like. You have to get that up when I come back home. This is my bedroom because my bedroom was downstairs in the basement. We lived in a townhouse. It was a three-level townhouse, and the basement wasn't really a basement. It was more like a downstairs um, because that's where, like, the family room was. So that's, you know, back in the 90s and the early 2000s, there was one main room that you had a TV in. Like, nowadays, every, everybody has a TV in every room where there's an iPad or something. But back in the day... Back in the day, it was one main room. So there was a living room, there was a full-size bathroom, a laundry area, and you go down this hallway, and it was my bedroom. So I kicked my brother out and said, hey, man, I'm coming back to my bedroom. Now, my brother is a little bit of an asshole, and there's a little unknown secret. I mean, obviously, if it's secret, it's unknown, but there's a little something about me that a lot of people don't know. People really close to me that have either lived with me, ex-girlfriends, ex-wives, they know this, but I'm not afraid of the dark, but kind of sort of am. Like, 
I don't like sleeping in pitch black darkness. I never have. I always have to have not quite a night light, but some type of light. I need to be able to see in the middle of the night, like what's going on around me. And I had a night light in my room that my brother stole. So I'm sleeping in my room in pitch black darkness. I can't take it. So I prop, I had a window, a large window right above my bed that had blinds and I would like hold the blinds up a little bit so the street lights would come in. So I would have a little bit of light in my room. I'm also a very light sleeper. So not only am I afraid, slightly afraid of the dark, I'm also a very light sleeper. So any slightest little bit of sound or anything like that, I'm waking up. Because I'm like, what the hell is that? Because once again, I'm slightly, slightly, un poquito, a little afraid of the dark. So one night, I'm in my bed. I'm half awake, half asleep. Once again, I'm a light sleeper. I'm laying on my back and something lightly brushes up on my face. I freak all the way the hell out. Because once again, I'm slightly afraid of the dark. I'm a light sleeper. And the one thing that I'm afraid of is like, you know, a snake or a spider getting in my bed or something like that. It's fantastical as that actually is, right? Like the odds of that actually happen is very rare. But ever since I saw this one Brady episode when they were in Hawaii and a spider got into the bed, like literally that's the thing I'm afraid of. Spiders and snakes, right? Like get in my bed. And there's something that flickered across my face. So I jump out the bed. As I'm jumping out the bed so violently, I pop my shoulder out of place. Now, I was used to popping my shoulder out of place because I had done it several times throughout my life. But this one was especially bad. I didn't realize how bad until later on. But I'll get to that point. So I violently jump out the bed and I turn on the light and there's a damn bat flying around in my bedroom. Now, once again, the living room is right down the hallway from my bedroom. And on that particular night, on this night, like everything like kind of merged into this perfect storm. On that night, my dad was sleeping on the couch. I open up the door and my dad is saying, what's going on? Supposedly, when I turned on the light and saw the bat, I yell out this loud scream, this loud primal scream. I'm going to say it's primal because that sounds, you know, a little bit more like tougher, but it was probably a screech. (laughs) And I open up the door and my dad says that I come flying out. Everybody that knows me knows I love Superman. He says I come flying out the room with one arm extended out like I'm flying. My legs are in the air. Like literally, he was like, you flew out the room. You didn't jump out the room. You flew out the room like Superman. And he comes running to me. He's like, what's the matter? What's going on? And I'm in so much pain because I popped my shoulder out of place. How badly was my shoulder popped out of place? Where my bicep is right now, where your bicep is on your arm, that's where my shoulder blade was. I had dislocated my shoulder that badly. So everybody, grab your left hand because, you know, we're, we live in a predominantly right arm world. So everybody grab their left hand, touch their bicep. That 
See the difference between where your shoulder blade is and where your bicep is. And that's how badly I'd pull my shoulder blade out of the socket. So my dad is like, well, close the damn door. Because <laughs> I told him, I, I told him I couldn't. I was in so much pain. He was like, close the door. I was like, dad, I can't. So he runs, he runs to the door. He's like, oh shit, it really is a bet. And he closes the door. This is not an exaggeration. I woke up. One of my greatest fears, it was a different, it was a different thing. It wasn't a spider or a snake. It was a bat. Uh, the next day, me and my brother grabbed a bed sheet. Cause <laughs> here's the funny part of the, here's another funny part of the story. My dad said, that me and my brother need to go get a bed sheet and get the bat out of the room because this would teach us when we have our own families how to take care of things like this. That was all bullshit. My dad was scared and he didn't want to get the bat out the room. That's really what it was about. Okay. <laughs> you could try to turn that around and say that you're teaching us a lesson when we have our own family. No. You didn't want to go get the bat out, out the room either. I know you're going to be listening to this and and I've been calling your card on this for the last 20 years. You know what she was doing. And eventually the next day, you know, we find out that the bat was like hidden in the little corner of the window. So I lifted up the blind. We got it a bed sheet and got the bat out and took it outside. And I bet everybody is wondering, how the hell did a bat get in your room? Well, the bottom level to the townhouse was underneath the deck. So there was kind of like a patio area. There were sliding doors. So what probably happened was my brother or sister went out in the evening or something like that and left the sliding doors open. Cause we had a dog and we would let the dog out in the back door, sliding doors open and the bat flew in and tried to find a dark place and flew into my room and hid under the window or hid in the window. And when I lifted up the window, when I, Flipped the blinds. It woke the bat up. The bat, our nocturnal creatures, middle of the night, said, hey, it's nighttime. I'm fly around this room and flew over my head and woke me up. Yeah. Oh, by the way, since I was so used to popping my shoulder out of place, I knew how to pop it back in place. So I popped it back in place. Never had surgery on, on my shoulder. And as a matter of fact, if anybody sees me in person, you could tell one shoulder is higher than the other. Probably should have had surgery on it, but popped it back into place. Very painful, but I did it. What was more painful was that bat flying over me. It hurt my pride, scared the hell out of me. Uh, this is one of the instances where I didn't shit on myself like I would on the elevator, uh, that the flying prank, prank elevator. I didn't shit on myself. I'm very proud of myself for that, but it literally was... One of the greatest fears that I'd ever have sleeping, and it actually happened. A bat in my room while I was asleep woke me up. And that's another crazy story with Bruce. And on that note, that's going to do it for today's show. Once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the likes, the shares, the subscriptions, the comments. I've read a couple of the comments in the uh, in the app store and, and on Spotify. Please continue on give us, giving us feedback. Help us improve the show. Uh, we're going to be releasing another episode, another happy hour with my sis on Friday. Uh, so pay attention to that. And she posted on her Instagram that she needs help with her sign off. Uh, I have a sign off, but she needs help with her sign off. So always give us suggestions on that. Should be looking forward to that. But until next time, 
I'm going to holler. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, howdy 5,000. Peace. The cycle stays the same. Freedom